Memphis Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. A mystery illness. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Nicole Murray on this Tuesday, January 9th. Glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour. Pentagon officials failed to tell the White House that Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was recently hospitalized twice. Alaska and United Airlines say they found loose bolts during inspections of their Boeing 737 MAX 9s after Friday's near disaster. Authorities in Texas believe a gas leak is behind an explosion at a Fort Worth hotel that injured 21 people. And Trump has challenged Biden to 10 presidential debates. Hear the risk and reward for each. Of course, President, uh, former President Trump has refused to debate any of his Republican primary opponents. And so it raised the question of whether you know he was too worried about uh, getting hit on his legal problems, myriad legal problems, to actually you know, go on the debate stage. But no, he's very happy to go on the debate stage with Biden. Alex Bolton at the Hill on Democrats questioning whether Biden should get on a debate stage with Trump. Military officials say Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin failed to inform the White House both times he was hospitalized and forced to transfer authority to his deputy. He was hospitalized December 22nd initially for what's described as an elective procedure and then returned to Walter Reed Medical Center on New Year's Day after suffering severe pain from complications from that procedure. He was admitted to the ICU. Information has been released in piecemeal fashion since late Friday about the 70-year-old Mr. Austin. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby on Air Force One. He has already resumed all his authorities. Um, He's already uh, uh, doing all the functions he would normally do. He's just doing it right now. Uh, from, uh, from the hospital. However, several officials, including public affairs staff, were aware of Austin's condition and did not pass along the information, a breach in the protocol when senior officials are incapacitated. The Pentagon, meanwhile, continues to refuse to describe the procedure that Austin underwent or what complications he suffered. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is set to meet with Israeli leaders today in an effort to prevent the war in Gaza from growing into a regional conflict. Mr. Blinken arrived in Tel Aviv late yesterday to brief Israeli officials on his two days of talks with Arab leaders on ending the war, which was triggered by Hamas terrorists three months ago that Israel says killed 1,200 people, mostly civilians. He was asked about the status of hostages held by Hamas. We'll have an opportunity to sit with the families of some of the hostages and uh, discuss our relentless efforts to bring everyone home. He also said he would press Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's government to do more to protect civilians. According to Gaza health officials, the Israeli offensive has killed more than 23,000 Palestinians and displaced most of the population of 2.3 million. Meanwhile, a senior Hezbollah commander was killed in Lebanon. The Israeli military said fighter jets struck Hezbollah targets there after a missile was launched toward northern Israel. Officials in Texas say at least 21 people have been hurt after an explosion at a hotel in downtown Fort Worth. A spokesman for MedStar says one person was in critical condition and four others were seriously injured. The rest had minor injuries. Craig Theracek, a spokesman for the Fort Worth Fire Department, said the first call of a fire at Sandman Signature Fort Worth Downtown Hotel was received at around 3.30 p.m. 
Multiple calls about an explosion came in after. Based on our characteristics of the explosion at this time, we have been working in collaboration with the ATF, the FBI, with our arson and bomb division as well. He says the smell of gas permeated through downtown Fort Worth, adding that investigators are confident that the blast was some kind of gas explosion. The fire department said last evening the blast no longer posed any public safety issues to downtown Fort Worth, but crews would be on the scene all night to continue search efforts and ensure no one was trapped. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com slash welcome to now. That's dell.com slash welcome to now. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Tuesday. Democratic lawmakers are leery about the prospect of President Biden debating former President Trump, fearing that putting the two on stage together would only elevate the likely GOP nominee. Here's Alex Bolton, senior staff writer at The Hill. Alex, set the scene. Well, what's interesting is right before Christmas, uh, President Trump, on an interview with the Hugh Hewitt Show, said that he's very much looking forward to debating Biden, and he threw out the number, hey, how about 10 debates? It uh, was interesting because, of course, the president, uh, former President Trump has refused to debate any of his Republican primary opponents, and so it raised the question of whether you know he was too worried about uh, getting hit on his legal problems, myriad legal problems, to actually you know, go on the debate stage. But no, he's very happy to go on the debate stage with Biden, and the other interesting dynamic here is you know, usually it's the person who's lagging in the polls is, you know, asking for debates. In this case, uh, Trump is actually has a slight lead on Biden in national polls. And this is in contrast to 2020 when Biden led all the polls uh, versus Trump. Now Trump is in the lead, um, but he wants to debate and he wants to debate as much as possible. The question is, what is Joe Biden going to do? Yeah. All right. So first off, uh, let's tackle the the Trump approach here. If you're leading, especially in these battleground states, according to the polls, why bother debating? Well, uh, you know, that's that's a good question. But look, the the lead is slight. And I think, you know, it's I think it's also a tacit acknowledgement, tacit acknowledgement of what Democrats have been saying, which is that the polls right now are not a true, uh, not a true and accurate reflection of voter sentiment. This is a snapshot, um, I don't know how many months we are, I guess uh, 10 months before Election Day. Um, you know, things are going to change. And I think there's an anticipation, certainly among the Democrats, that as um, Trump's trials really get you know, going and he gets all that negative publicity, it's going to turn off a lot of voters, mm-hmm. and he's probably going to fall into a trailing position. So I think that's why he uh, wants the debate. And I think it, you, know, you could even see it as a tacit acknowledgement that you know, while the poll show is ahead, he's not the true leader here. We're speaking with Alex Bolton, senior staff writer at The Hill. His story is called Democrats Question Whether Biden Should Agree to Debate Trump. The concerns Democrats might have here in terms of putting Biden on the same stage with Trump would be what, Alex? Well, I think, number one, there are the optics of you know, Joe Biden. And if you, if you watch any of Joe Biden's speeches or events or interactions with the press, he looks old, and he looks older than, than Trump. Now, Biden's 81 and Trump is 77, so we're talking only four years. But if you, know, if you have any older parents or older relatives, you know that when you get to that age, you know, a year makes a big difference. A year is like almost a couple of years or five years. Um, you start to age more once you get past 80. And anyone who has a 
grandparent or older parent, you know, they've seen that happen. And so, look, you know, the Democrats try to say age is not an issue. You know, Trump's 77. He's no spring chicken. But um, he is he comes across as younger, more energetic. Um, he seems to have more vitality. And so putting Biden next to Trump on the stage, you know, it's not good optics. At least that's the fear. And, um, the, you know, if you look at the polls and if you look, if you talk to Democratic lawmakers who go back home and talk to their constituents and they talk to voters, Biden's age is his biggest liability. So you put him on stage with Trump, it highlights it. There are other things as well. Um, You know, right now, Trump has very, very high negatives. You know, I think the Democrats have done a good job of portraying him and and with the help of the media and also with the help of the things that Trump says and and does. I mean, you know, the Democrats are really trying to paint Trump as kind of a, a lunatic, someone who's not fit for the presidency. He's just not fit for office. I mean, that is really the major... A democratic argument heading into 2020. Well, if you if you put Trump on stage with Biden, they're side by side, and Trump actually you know does a decent job or exceeds expectations, looks somewhat presidential. You know, doesn't rant about you know, political hoaxes and Russia hoax and and in January 6th, if he actually you know sticks to the issues and comes across as a credible regular candidate, he would exceed expectations. He would possibly even win the debate. So that's another risk. Why, you know, he's Trump's Trump's brand is so damaged. Why give him a chance to rehabilitate himself? So those are some of the, you know, arguments out there as to why it would not make a whole lot of sense to put Biden on stage with Trump. Thanks, Alex. Alex Bolton, senior staff writer at The Hill. 20 minutes now after the hour on This Morning, America's First News. Here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. The Pentagon has announced an investigation into the events surrounding Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's hospitalization, transfer of authority to his deputy, and the delayed notification to government officials. Austin's chief of staff ordered a 30-day review to establish a timeline of events beginning January 1st when Austin was first taken by ambulance to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. White House National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby says he is looking forward to Lloyd's return. There is no uh, uh, no plans for anything other than for Secretary Austin to stay in the job and continuing the leadership that he's been exude, that he's been demonstrating. Austin's allegedly suffered from complications after a December 22nd elective procedure. Number two. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is blaming Congress and their outdated and broken immigration system as the cause for the surge in migrant crossings. Mayorkas, while visiting the U.S.-Mexico border yesterday. We need Congress to provide the supplemental funding that President Biden requested months ago. We need more Border Patrol agents and more case processors so that the agents can be out in the field doing the heroic work that is their fundamental mission. These comments come ahead of an impeachment hearing set for tomorrow over Mallorca's poor handling of the migrant crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border. Number three. Authorities are investigating an explosion that took place at a Texas hotel last night that left nearly two dozen people injured. The cause of the blast has not been confirmed, but Craig Therocheck, Fort Worth Fire Department PIO says investigators are confident the incident was some kind of gas explosion. There's a smell of gas here in downtown. Um, we're not sure if the gas, from, if the smell of gas was caused from the explosion of the fire itself 
or if that's what caused the explosion. But that's that's what we're looking at right now um, at this point in time. No fatalities have been reported. Two people have been killed after a shooting in a Minnesota hotel last night. St. Louis County Sheriff's Office also confirmed the shooter was found dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Four couples who have been best friends for 30 years pooled their savings together to build a small town in Austin, Texas, just for themselves. There are four small homes, each costing about $40,000 each, and the settlement is called the exit strategy. It's 400 square feet. I mean, there's not much room to put a lot of furniture and stuff in there. If you got your besties, how much space do you need? If you still have landline phone service, you may have noticed that your monthly bills have been skyrocketing. That's because the FCC no longer regulates copper lines and phone companies are jacking up the price of their service. UMA is an internet home phone service that lets you keep enjoying the safety and peace of mind of a home phone without paying an arm and a leg. In fact, with a one-time purchase of the UMA Tello, you get internet home phone service for free. All you pay are applicable taxes and fees. Unlike mobile phones, UMA has address-based 911, so dispatchers will know exactly where to find you in an emergency. In the event you call 911, UMA can send a text alert to loved ones. UMA even includes a free mobile app so you can take your home number on the go. And don't worry, you can keep your home phone number for a one-time fee or get a new one for free. Setup is easy. It takes less than 10 minutes. Stop paying too much for home phone service. Visit UMA.com slash Gordon Deal today to get a special discount. That's O-O-M-A dot com slash Gordon Deal. Glad you're with us. More Americans are dragging a ball and chain of credit card debt from month to month. A fresh look into the data from Ted Rossman, senior industry analyst at Bankrate.com. Ted, what are we learning? I think high inflation and high interest rates are a big part of the story. It's leading more people to have more debt for longer periods of time, unfortunately. For example, right now, 49% of credit card holders carry debt from month to month. That's up 10 percentage points from 2021. Among those with debt, 58% have had it at least a year. That's up from 50% back in 2021. So I, I really think that higher prices and the higher interest rates that are meant to combat them are a big part of why more people are carrying this debt. Yeah, I, I was going to say, it's not like uh, I think a majority of folks are running around having a wild time on their credit cards, like, let's book another weekend getaway, right? Let's buy twice as many gifts for the holidays this year. I, I think as the data pointed out, there are a lot of emergency expenses here. That's a really good point. Yeah, I think there is this incorrect stigma out there that, oh, if you have credit card debt, it's because you went on a crazy vacation or shopping spree. No, it's it's usually very practical stuff. The top cause, as you mentioned, is emergency expenses. So some sort of unexpected medical bill or home repair or car repair. Second place are day-to-day expenses. And I think that's been all too common the last few years with higher prices and more people are financing gas and groceries and other things. It's a tough cycle to break, but the good news is there are some things you can do My favorite tip is to sign up for a 0% balance transfer credit card. These allow you to move your existing high cost debt over to a new card with a 0% promotional rate that lasts up to 21 months in some cases. We're speaking with Ted Rossman, senior industry analyst at bankrate.com. He's done a deep dive on credit card data. Um, So part of the concern here too, especially for someone like yourself who lives and breathes this stuff, is that uh, they're... There's not enough plans to pay it off, this debt. 
It's so important to come up with a plan. The average credit card charges almost 21%. That's a record high. This is probably your highest cost debt by a wide margin. If you have credit card debt, no shame. I mean, you have plenty of company and we've mentioned that it's usually practical stuff that gets you into credit card debt, but it's important to try to get out of it as soon as possible. The minimum payment math is brutal. If you make minimum payments towards the average credit card balance, which is around $6,000 at the average interest rate, you'll be in debt for more than 17 years and you'll pay about $9,000 just in interest. So we really wanna pay a lot more than that if you can. The 0% balance transfer card is great because it pauses that interest clock for almost two years. You could also consider working with a reputable nonprofit credit counseling agency, such as Money Management International, or even just look for ways to up your income and cut your expenses. Maybe take on a side hustle or sell stuff you don't need or cut back on some discretionary spending for a while. A dollar saved is a dollar earned after all. Thanks, Ted. Ted Rossman, Senior Industry Analyst at Bankrate.com. 30 minutes now after the hour on This Morning, America's First News. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, they provide real-time product availability online and have sourcing specialists who can help you track down hard-to-find items. And their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Advancing the conversation, identifying trends, and informing the world. This is America's First News, this morning with Gordon Deal. Thanks for being with us. Welcome into Tuesday, January 9. Gordon Deal, Nicole Murray, some of our top stories and headlines. The Pentagon failed to follow protocol after the defense secretary was hospitalized. Two airlines say they found loose bolts on 737 MAX 9 jets. The prosecutor in the Trump case in Georgia is the subject of a new lawsuit accusing her of misconduct. It calls for her removal from the case. 21 injured after a gas explosion at a hotel in Fort Worth, Texas. The 27-year partnership is over between Tiger Woods and Nike. And Jim Harbaugh's ability to coach something other than national championship football. That story in about 20 minutes. Travelers face flight cancellations by United and Alaska Airlines, one of several ripple effects from the weekend grounding of the Boeing 737 MAX 9. United Airlines canceled more than 222 flights recently, or 8% of flights, according to flight tracker FlightAware. Alaska Airlines canceled about 20% of its flights Monday. A winter storm is also contributing to cancellations. The fallout stems from a Friday incident on an Alaska flight from Portland, Oregon, to Ontario, California. A section of the plane ripped away midair. More from Allison Poley, travel reporter at the Wall Street Journal. Allison, what should we know? So United and Alaska Airlines are the ones that have the most 737 MAX 9 flights. At this point, all MAX 9s are still grounded, meaning if you did have a flight scheduled on one of those types of aircraft, it has likely been canceled or you've been moved to a different aircraft. So flyers need to keep checking their reservations regularly, especially if they're flying on United or Alaska. All right, cover some more of those basics. How do you know what actual type of plane you're flying on? 
So you can find this in the app on your reservation. If you look for more details about the flight, it will have the type of aircraft on there. So for example, if you see 737 MAX 9, that is one of the affected aircraft. It's important to note this is different than the 737-900. So they are different types of aircraft. Wow, all right. So in the meantime, inspections are taking place on all these, correct? That's right. And at this point, we're not entirely sure when the aircraft will be cleared to fly. The airline said that they're waiting more direction from the FAA and from Boeing. And so after they get the exact criteria that they should be looking for, they'll be able to start clearing the planes and getting them back in service. All right. So take us through what happened on Friday. The, the plane, this Alaska Airlines jet, it's a 737 MAX it departs Portland, Oregon, headed to Ontario, California, and a, and a plug door, as it's called, comes off. That's right. So passengers who were on the flight said shortly after the, the plane reached the initial cruising altitude of 10,000 feet, they heard a pop and then a big bang. Now, people who were sitting towards the front of the plane weren't entirely sure what had happened. The the gap or the hole was in row 26. So those close by were soon able to see a gash about the size of an emergency exit was in the side of the plane. We're speaking with Allison Poley, travel reporter at the Wall Street Journal. Her story is called What Flyers Need to Know About the Grounding of Some 737 MAX Flights. Um, if the plane had been at, I guess, the optimal or max cruising altitude, things are much different here? That's right. Investigators said it could have been much worse. At that altitude, not only is there more risk from the air coming in or the strength of the pressure, but also more people could have been up and out of their seats and moving around. So at this point in the flight, because it was so early on, people were still seated with their seatbelts on, not moving around the cabin, which could have been way more disastrous. Man, so this is one of those things where you, uh, I don't want to sensationalize, but you could get sucked out of the plane? No one was sitting in the seat closest to the hole, which was great um, and just very fortunate. But in theory, yes, it could have been much more disastrous if someone had been in that seat. And it was really imperative that everybody had their seatbelts fastened, which they did. Man. All right. So um, I, I saw like a couple of social media posts that people had from inside the plane. It struck me that people seem remarkably calm. Like, Why was that? Well, they were told to sit down, keep their seatbelts on, and they knew that they needed the oxygen masks. So when they had the oxygen masks on, they said it was pretty hard to talk. They weren't really able to talk to the people next to them, or if they did, it was hard to hear. Some people were communicating by writing notes on their phone in the app. Um, so people were seated at the direction of the flight attendants and just waiting, and they said praying for a safe landing. Boy, how long were they flying uh, with that hole in the plane? It wasn't very long. It happened about 10 minutes into the flight, and they were able to land shortly after. So they landed back at the airport less than 30 minutes after takeoff. You, you talked to a kid on the plane, didn't you? I did. I talked to a 12-year-old who was seated in the row behind where the hole came. And so he said he felt 
a force of air that pushed him over. He did have a seatbelt on, but he saw his cell phone fly out the hole in the window. And he was also holding a bear that he had gotten as a Christmas present from his grandmother. And the stuffed animal teddy bear flew out as well. Thanks, Allison. Allison Poley, travel reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at dell.com slash welcome to now. That's dell.com slash welcome to now. Thanks for being with us. Welcome into Tuesday. It is time now for the mic drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, it's unclear why this has become a hot topic this week, but several doctors have decided to weigh in on how often we should change certain articles of clothing. Let's start with your underwear, where men have been known from time to time to not always change pairs from day to day. Now, one India-based dermatologist is backing that up, saying that it's often okay to go more than a day in the same skibbies. Dr. Anju Mathiel told the Daily Mail this week that in situations with minimal activity and no sweating, changing your underwear every other day may be acceptable. And that if you wear a looser fitting style like boxers, you might even be able to go longer. This flies in the face of convention since a June poll of 1,500 adults for Newsweek found that 47% would never wear underwear for more than one day at a time. Though the younger you are, the less diligent you are about changing them, with 36% of Gen Z adults admitting they would sometimes wear the same pair for 24 hours plus. And while some might want to push it to save on laundry detergent, there are all kinds of potential health problems stemming from crusty undies, including jock itch for men and yeast infections for women. Yeah, I don't understand why this is a debate. <laughs> Change your underwear. Yeah, it's 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 pretty easy. I you know I, I I'll admit uh, it would be hard for me always to remember exactly when I changed my underwear, but I have a rule of thumb that basically every time I shower, that's when I okay. that's when I, and I shower almost every day, right? Okay. So so every time I shower, I change my underwear, and that's how I know. I I see. That I have clean underwear on. Wow. So here's <laughs> here's a little scenario that that you and I could encounter because uh, Mike and I, when we leave here, generally are, are partners at the gym. Mm-hmm, we we'll work yes. out together almost daily. So, and it's been known that you and I could forget a particular item in the gym bag. Sure. Sneakers, sometimes a towel, occasionally socks. But but so let me let me ask the scenario. You finish your workout. Mm-hmm. You're sweaty. Yes. You've forgotten a clean pair of underwear. <laughs> yes. You get out of the shower. Right. Are you putting back on the sweaty underwear yeah. to come back to the office, or are you going commando? Uh, the sweaty underwear. It's happened before, yeah. and it will happen Put again. The sweaty yes. underwear back on? Yeah. I mean, I don't like it. Uh, I'm not happy about yeah. it. Things don't feel great for it's the cold. rest of the day. Uh, <laughs> you know? But, uh, but yes, that, that, that's for sure going to happen. Right. I, I cannot go commando. Okay. That, that's, that's not a thing I'm ever going to attempt okay. fate with. No, I'm commando. I'm not, I'm not putting the sweaty underwear <laughs> uh, back okay. on. Okay. No. And even if we make our moms happy by wearing clean underwear, she might frown at the sorry state of our pajamas. If you lounged around in the same PJs between Christmas and New Year's, you're pushing it. According to a Virginia doctor, Dr. Jason Singh regularly posts health tips on Instagram, and he recently weighed in on how often to change your pajamas. I know a lot of you love holding on to your favorite PJs for weeks at a time, and I'm here to tell you that's pretty nasty. Dead cells, oils, and other substances are secreted by your body at night. 
These can get onto your pajamas and foster a growth for bacteria and microorganisms. The doctor says that the magic number of days to wear your PJs is three. One laundry expert backs that up, telling The Independent that you should be washing them after two to three wears, and any more than that is a waste of money, water, and energy. Wow. Yeah. What's, with the, what's with these stories today? I don't know. I don't it's know weird. what's prompting this. I think it might be the long holiday break. A yeah, lot of people maybe. kind of their hygiene lapsed a little bit. I think that's what's happening. Here. Pandemic, perhaps. Oh, well, that, uh, that also hangover certainly stuff. contributes as well. We're crusty Americans. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Exclusive stories and unique perspectives. You're listening to America's First News this morning with Gordon Deal. Hey, glad you're with us. Whether your financial goals for this year include saving more or spending less, investing smarter, or paying off your loans faster, money.com has resources to help you do it. If a goal is to pay off holiday shopping debt, three approaches. Try the avalanche method. Negotiate with your lender or look into a personal loan. Don't forget, you can always ask an accredited credit counselor for help if you need it. If another goal is to actually keep your New Year's financial resolutions, avoid pitfalls like attempting to overachieve and then giving up when you stumble. Changing your financial habits takes time after all, so be patient. Maybe another goal is investing. If so, know that experts told Money.com that lingering concerns about a potential recession, what happens with the job market, the performance of tech stocks, and the upcoming presidential election are set to dominate the conversation among investors in 2024. Eight minutes in front of the hour on This Morning. Once again, here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is in Israel today to meet with officials to prevent the conflict in Gaza from spreading and to push leadership to better protect civilians. Blinken will also address the future governance of Gaza post-war and request an increase in humanitarian aid. Blinken tells reporters he believes a solution can be found. There is a future path that can actually bring lasting peace and security for Israel, that can ensure that October 7th never happens again, and that can bring the region together. Blinken's tour in the Middle East comes as the Lebanon-based militant group Hezbollah confirmed one of its senior commanders has been killed by an Israeli strike. Number two. United Airlines and Alaska Airlines have discovered loose parts on a Boeing MAX 9 jet after an aircraft door blew off mid-flight. The National Transportation Safety Board says inspections discovered that four bolts meant to keep the door from detaching were missing. NTSB Chair Jennifer Hammondy says other plane parts are still being located. We are still looking for the bottom hinge fitting and a spring. It's a pretty large spring. Uh, the, the fitting is a green circular piece with a hole in it. The airlines say the issues will be remedied by maintenance staff as it awaits approval to return the MAX 9 planes to service. Number three. Former President Donald Trump says he will be attending an appeals court hearing in Washington, D.C. today to determine if he has presidential immunity. Prosecutors have accused Trump of attempting to obstruct Congress and defraud the U.S. government through schemes to reverse President Joe Biden's 2020 election win. Trump has argued the case should be dismissed because former presidents should not face criminal charges for conduct related to their official responsibilities. A Secret Service spokesman says a driver is under arrest after crashing into a White House exterior gate yesterday evening. Officials have not released the driver's identity, and it is not clear if there will be any charges. President Biden was not at the White House at the time of the crash. 
A new trend to decrease the chance of slips and falls this icy season. Walk like a penguin. Experts say to slightly bend your knees, point your feet slightly outward, walk flat-footed, extend your arms, and waddle. Thank you, Nicole. Michigan football coach Jim Harbaugh has been clear about his three priorities, faith, family, and football. Those helped him steer the Wolverines to the national championship last night over Washington. Recently, a fourth pillar has emerged, foul. The Wall Street Journal says Harbaugh is a serious backyard chicken farmer. The Harbaugh chicken coop dates back to 2020 when the family purchased seven chicks during the early days of the pandemic. He's got a coop that's divided into zones and the birds can perch in front of little windows when they lay eggs. The Harbaugh's planted fake eggs to train the hens on where to lay their eggs. He estimates his chickens lay an egg every 24 to 27 hours. He checks the coop daily to exchange the birds water give them food. The chickens have become a welcome distraction for Harbaugh during a season that's been full of them. Michigan has faced two separate scandals and NCAA investigations, but they today are national champions. That'll do it for this hour. For Nicole Murray and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.